0: And welcome to episode 340 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Pink Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Aloys Rosario. Welcome,
1: Aloys. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, welcome to everybody out there in podcast land.
0: Yeah, what a what a place. Podcast land, indeed. And in Victoria Land or Australia Land, Aloys. It's a big weekend. There's um, the football grand finals are on, the rugby league, and the
1: AFL. That's right. Yes. So uh, probably games that aren't all that familiar to uh, to some of our international um, listeners. But yes, the the Australian football grand final and the protagonist this year, Jeff's team versus my team.
0: Come on, Cats.
1: I'm on the Tigers. So <laughs> one of us might not be here next week.
0: Indeed, yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so exciting times. Um, exciting times indeed. Um, we've got our house decorated, lots of, you know, Geelong memorabilia up in the window, yeah, flags so, and scarves.
1: Well, my wife's a Geelong supporter and I'm a Richmond supporter, so... Um, <laughs> problems, so, uh, problems there. Could, could be a tough weekend, i tell you. Yes.
0: And, and uh, people aren't going to believe this, but in... Victoria, where we live, because the grand final's on and because of COVID, it's actually not even in Victoria. It's been in Victoria for like hundreds of years and it can't be held here because we're on lockdown. So it's being held in a different state in Queensland, but still Friday, tomorrow, in preparation for the grand final is a public holiday. Everyone gets the day off because of the format.
1: (laughs) Yes, public holiday. Here we go. Don't you
0: love Australia? (laughs)
1: Don't <laughs> don't forget though. In a week and a bit, there'll be another public holiday for uh, for the horse race. For the
0: horse race, one for football, one for a horse race. Yeah. Ah,
1: the Mel- Melbourne Cup is on in uh, first Tuesday in November, the same day as the US elections, and it um, is a public holiday in Melbourne. There, there you,
0: you go. <laughs> what a great country! <laughs> Indeed. Now, alloys. I'm I'm actually reading a book at the moment about anti gravity. It's impossible to put down.
1: Not bad. <laughs> Pretty good, yeah. Not bad. Um, what do you have for us on this day? Oh, on this day. Hang on. I've now I've got to be <laughs> organised. Um, yeah, on this day. Well, it's actually. Well, not again. It's on this week. Yeah, you? sorry, my mistake. On this week. Yeah, I, I always call it on this day. On this week, two days ago, the 20th of October, Mar Long's birthday. Woohoo!
0: The goat, or was that Waldner?
1: Um. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Uh, you can have your Geelong, but you can't have Mar Long. <laughs> You're a poet. <laughs> oh, that, that, that was good. Um, yeah, 20th of October, 1988, making him uh, two. 32, It's getting on. He is getting old. Yeah, getting on old, Mar-long. Um Yeah, so uh, his 32nd birthday, and, and we know his record. It is it is very, very good, and, you know, it does worry me a little bit that he's, uh, he's getting up there, and Waldman may one day be considered to have a worse record, but anyway, not in my mind. Um, <laughs> so he, he, he's won three world championships in 2015, 17, and 19, uh, that
0: is amazing.
1: It is, and three in a row, and then also, uh, of course, won the Olympic gold medal in singles in 2016 in Rio. So um, you know he's really completed the the everything in in table tennis. He's also won the World Cup um, singles uh, on two occasions in 2015 and and uh, and way back in 2012 as well. Um, and and he's won a World Junior Championships. Um, <sighs> In 2004, 2004, singles uh, junior world champion, Asian junior world champion in 2004. (laughs) There isn't a lot that he hasn't done.
0: When you just read it out, it's staggering, isn't it? Like it's so hard to win a single tournament,
1: and he's just won so much. Yeah, and and especially the three world championships. Because, you know, even before that, um, he came runner-up. Or no, I think he – no, he didn't even come runner-up. He um, got mm. a bronze medal a couple of times, actually three times in um, in the singles in 09, 11 and 13. So, you know, he's got <laughs> three times in the semis and then he's won the next three after that. So he's, uh, that's, that's like as far as longevity. So since 2009, he's never been beaten before the semis of the world. So that's, that's pretty darn <laughs> It is, isn't
0: it? I mean, just the quality of players, the best in the world, and he's just, yeah, so consistent.
1: Yeah, it it is, uh, it is amazing. But you know, like, still, let's reserve that uh, top of the podium for. Uh, yeah,
0: but he wasn't as creative as Waldner, isn't that right? You know, he didn't do some of the things that Waldner did, even though that didn't win him as many matches.
1: Yeah, I think I think that that's probably it. I think you know Waldner's creativity and his ability to do. I, I always say this. Anything off any ball, um, yeah, just yeah, has always just stood out in my mind. And I haven't seen Marlong live as much as I've seen um, Waldner. So that also yeah. is a factor. And I'm getting old. Um, that was- <laughs> the good old days, that's what you want to remember. Exactly, in the good old days. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like some people are trying to tell me that um, Nadal's better than Federer. You know I mean? Come on. <laughs> well, he's won as many Grand Slams as him. He has now. Right. Yeah. And come the next French Open, it'll be funny. It <laughs> yeah, will be exactly. <laughs> At least. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, go very on. good.
0: Happy S- birthday, Marlon. Sensational player. Absolutely. All right. So, what is your tip of the week
1: then, allies? Yeah. Um, so, the tip of the week is this week, what about? Just changing your training session around a bit so if you, you are lucky enough to be out on the out on the table or you know the next time you are out on the table maybe just change up the order that you do things um, with your training you know we, we always tend to um, start with some you know fairly open drills move to some match drills and then you know play some games or points it um, towards the end uh, what about next time you train try starting with a match Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I tried this recently with, uh, with one of the players and it worked really well. Um, so you started with, uh, with a match and then what happens there is you've got some really good reference points that you can start to think about for your training, um, you know, th- that are really fresh in your mind. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's the tip of, uh, tip of this week. I like
0: it. Now, do you think that the benefit is from changing it up or you think like, permanently you should switch up that order
1: yeah uh, that's a that's a really good question i think um i think sometimes it's good to 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 do it both yeah either either way Mm, Um, have a bit of a change yeah but not just necessarily for the change i think sometimes it's also good to just build build to that um that match scenario at the end of your training session as well um you know uh, have have some more focus on um some drills where you might have that reference of you know previous matches that you've played you know in the last couple of weeks as well. Mm. Um, and then and then try 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 out the match at the end and see if uh, you can implement the things that you've been training um, during that training session um, into into the games at the end of the session as well.
0: yeah, that that makes sense. And it sounds like so many things, isn't it? it?'s It's kind of not one right way, and generally, if you get a good balance of switching things up, things are going, going to turn out pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, give, give, give it a try. So this week, tip of the week, change things around. With love
0: drink. it. Love it. Now, alloys. people have been visiting the Ping Skills website, asking us questions, which we take for this show. So you keep doing that. We love you visiting PingSkills.com. Um, but we had some people leave or had a person leave an interesting comment, which we thought we'd feature as a comment of the week.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Ardak, um, Ar- actually asked a question about, um, uh, you know, just his, his setup and what he should, uh, what he should do with his, with his bat uh, with his racket. And uh, I, I just suggested that maybe going to something, a, a slower, uh, type of bat might help him, a uh, slower blade might help him. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Ardak, he's come back and he's, He said, as you you suggested, I changed to a slower blade, an offensive minus yesterday, and I played first time with it. Um, Felt like it'll take some time to adjust um, with the slower blade. Forehand and backhand topspins are safer, though. Uh, The new blade is light, and that's why it's easier to change from the forehand to backhand strokes as well. And it's easier to recover and be ready to, to the next strokes after looping. I believe it'll improve my stroking technique. So... Um, so that's that's really good feedback um, from uh, from RDAC. Um and, you know, with the with the questions, you know, and when when we reply to the questions, it, it is good to to then get that feedback of how things how things progress um, from the feedback, you know, uh, whether good or bad as well, because uh, sometimes, um, you know, even even if it's um, not good, even if things haven't haven't worked out the way that I might have suggested um, with the with the answer. It's good to get that feedback because then there might be something else that we can do to uh, to move things on. But, yeah, for ARDAC, that seems to be working well.
0: Excellent. And it is a good point, isn't it? Um, Yeah, you do have to try things. And I feel like a big problem is that some people just want to go straight to the really fast blade so I can hit the ball really fast. But if you haven't developed your technique, you, you get a, it just flies off too fast and you try and hit it a bit softer to control it and you don't – do the full stroke, so you really need the right equipment for your skill level, don't you?
1: Yeah, that's right, and I think yeah, as you said, Jeff. Uh, I mean, uh, probably the biggest mistake that we see is that players go for the biggest and brightest and best and fast um, when they're when they're choosing equipment. But yeah, it's it's important to to get something that um, that suits you. And we've got a we've got a tutorial on. Um, how to choose a table tennis racket? Um, that we can put a link to, and that'll that'll give you just some ideas of of just the different levels of um, of racket that you can start to think about. Um, and and uh, again, like, let, let's get on back on this hobby horse. But <laughs> there are so many different types of equipment, but a lot of them can be just grouped into into a few different levels, you know. So, um, but I, I often see players changing rubber um that's pretty much the same it's not really going to make a whole lot of difference to your game you know whether it's um whether it's one rubber or the other you know whether yeah, it's a like butterfly
0: shriver and shriver you can pretty much say you know differences yeah. but same sort yeah. of style really
1: yeah that that's not going to make the difference between winning and losing a match um it's uh, it's when you when you're starting to think about do you go for something faster like a Tenergy rubber compared to a Mark V? So then Mm -hmm. that's a real, um, and, you know, what suits you. Um, you, We don't want a beginner playing with Tenergy, and we don't want um, an advanced player playing with Mark V. So, um, yeah, so it's just just finding that appropriate equipment to your level is is the important part.
0: Yes, excellent. All right. Well, thanks, Ardak, for providing that feedback and being part of the skills community, um, it's really great to see. All right, Alois, I think that brings us on to the questions. Are you ready? I am, indeed. Let's All go. All right. Okay, first up is one from Peter, and he says, my regular opponent who I play against fears my backhand, so he continually sends a deep, heavy chop to my forehand. And Peter gets frustrated and either hits the net with his return and – He's just not sure what to do with these deep uh,
1: ch- um, chops to his forehand. Yes. Um, so um, the 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 key thing here, Peter, is well, well, sorry. There's a few things. So so one is how do you solve this problem immediately in in the in the short term um, yep. that, in that match situation. So I think the first thing is. Start to think about how you're going to stop your opponent from being able to give you that deep chop that you don't like into the forehand area. Um, So one idea is to, you know, play more into the backhand corner so that he hasn't got the angle out to your forehand as much. Um, The other thing is, you know, the type of ball you you give them. So if you're pushing to them and they really like that and they can really dig in and get some good backspin back to you um, to that forehand then you need to change up the type of rally so you might start with a more open rally just a flatter serve so that they can't just push that ball back to you um, especially if they just stay close to the table so so that might be a a couple of simple um, ways to just start to mix things up a little bit so that they haven't got as much opportunity to to give you that ball that you don't like into the forehand corner. That, yeah, that.
0: that's good, and you can do that sort of on your serve and during the rally as well, can't you?
1: Yes. Yep. So on, on your serve is probably the easiest. Um, you know, you can you've got um, the real power to dictate the type of rally that's going to start up, mm-hmm. whether it's faster or slower or you know wider out to the backhand corner. Um, but you can also do that with the return of serve. You know, you can start to think about where do you do you just push the return. Do you try and flick? Even if it's a if it's a simple roll, it might be the ball that they can't quite get a good um, push on. Um, that you know that gets gets you deep into your forehand corner. So um, yeah, it's it's really important just to examine the type of ball that you're giving them that's allowing them to to give you that backspin ball into your forehand.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then you were talking like that's sort of the immediate problem. And I guess there's this long-term goal as well because Peter's having trouble like pushing that heavy ball that goes in the net or if he tries to topspin it, he's often overhitting it. So I guess it's sort of a long-term goal here as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, long-term, uh, ideally you want to develop your forehand topspin stroke um, because that's going to be the probably the, the most beneficial stroke to – um, to get you the uh, ascendancy in the rally. Mm. Um, so that, that forehand topspin against backspin um, can be a tricky um, stroke to start off with. But It, it is, is. It's tough. Yeah. I, I know you always talk about when you started off, Jeff, that was probably the that was probably Yeah. The
0: for you. And I would get frustrated because you'd be playing and it was like, you want to be able to topspin it, but I just couldn't quite get it right. And, you know, Especially in a game, you don't want to lose the point, so you're a bit scared to try it. So you really got to develop a lot of confidence in it to be able to use it in that you know, match situation when you really want to win.
1: Yes, and, and one of the big things with that forehand topspin against backspin is you've got to have some reasonable racket head speed um, to um, counteract the backspin on the ball. If you, if you play the perfect um, technique, but it's really slow, then you're still not going to be able to lift that ball over the net. And that's what you're talking about. So then if you haven't got confidence in the stroke, then you sort of you go through quite slowly and tentatively. And so then the ball doesn't go over and then that makes you more tentative and slower. So, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a tricky one to start off with, but it's one that is very, very um, worthwhile spending a lot of time in your training to try to perfect Yeah, because it it really does
0: change the game, doesn't it? Like, in this situation, if Peter learns that, then he can attack that ball and suddenly his regular opponents, you know, on the defensive. It would just transform the game completely if he could develop that consistent forehand topspin. Yeah, exactly. And it's so fun to play when you get it, you know. he's got that topspin, it's dipping onto the table and spinning. I mean, that's what table tennis is all about.
1: I love it. Love that forehand topspin.
0: Exactly. Indeed. Great question, Peter. And hopefully those tips give you some ideas sort of immediately and for the future. And you just remember, you're not alone in, you know, finding these things difficult. So keep working at it. All right. Next up is a question from Jasper and wants to know um, about warm-ups um, because he remembers us talking about that you could do anything in the warm-up, but when watching competitions, they just do, you know, forehand to forehand, hit a few tops, and then backhand, and that's all they do. So why do they do that as the warm-up when, you know, you could be
1: practising a lot more in that warm-up? Yeah, so Jasper, is that two-minute warm-up that you're allowed before a match, I guess there's a bit of a, um, a code between players that that's what happens um, in a match. So you do one minute on one diagonal, um, so, you know, if you're both right-handers, you start with forehand to forehand um, and you just play some counter-hitting and some top-spins. Um, and then for the second minute, you swap over to the other um, diagonal and you play backhands. Um I guess that's just what players always do. Um, not sure why. Um, but- <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it, when you think about it? I mean, it kind of makes sense because you just get
0: a feel for like what equipment your opponent has, you get to block and topspin, which you're going to probably do. But in some ways, I guess it's strange maybe that there's no backspin, but I guess, you know, not everyone can do that. And when you're first starting out, they are just some easy shots that people could do, just hit forehand to forehand. Yeah. Mm. yeah and if you look at something like tennis, they have a bit longer, I think, but they practice a few different things. They just hit anywhere to start with, and then someone will come in and do some volleys and – That's even interesting in this day and age because hardly anyone even plays a volley in tennis and they still come in and do that and then they do some smashes.
1: Yes. Yeah, it is. And, again, again, it looks a bit more free but it is very um, uh, set in the the process of that – I think it's five-minute warm-up they get. Okay, uh, yeah. Before before the match. But I I think uh, sort of getting back to your point though, Jasper, I think the – the, the important part is that that isn't your preparation or your real preparation for the match. That's just mm-hmm. two minutes with your opponent just to get a feel for the table, the, you know, as Jeff said, you know, what equipment they're using perhaps um, or the speed of the shots that are coming from them. Um, but all of your real preparation for the match needs to be done in that half an hour or hour before the match, Um starts you know with with a training partner or with someone else um on another table and that's where we really um encourage you to to do everything you know from from the counter hits to top spins to pushing to serving to return of serve um, and actually playing some full-blooded points um, before you step out onto your match court um and play that um and play that match um because it, it's really important that from the first point you're ready and completely ready to play exactly the way you would at the for the last point because they're, they're, they they um, they assign the same value to, to the points at the start and the end in our game, um, and most games. So um, so it's important to be ready for that first point because that might be the one that is the real difference between you winning and losing in the end. Um, it's not always that, that point at, you know, Ten all that you remember that you lost. It might be you know those first two points that you just served really badly and um, and lost your two points on your serve, and then they win their two points on their serve, and suddenly you're down four nil and you're and you're really battling. So um, yeah, so really be prepared by by doing all that preparation off um, off the, the match court and uh, and so that you're really ready to go. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I guess, like, yeah, I think that kind of answers it, doesn't it, Alice? That That two minutes is not really like for you to prepare for the match, like you said, and so it's really just a chance for you to just hit a couple of balls, get ready. Um, and so in that regard, it kind of makes sense that you just do countiates because if you came out and someone gave you a really tricky serve or a heavy backspin, you're maybe not just getting the feel for the court and the and the conditions. So if you do those hits it can probably be a bit more consistent. Mm. Interesting. And I know, yeah, in tennis, they actually practice their serves as well, don't they? But
1: maybe they don't have as much opportunity beforehand to practice those things. Um, Yeah, but I I think it's interesting, though, yeah, with the serves, the other person doesn't really return them. No. Sort of let them go, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I'd be getting there and starting to try to return and just get a really good look at them, but, um, yeah. But they don't really serve properly either, though, because you know, <laughs> they often like you know step over the line and they don't really prepare with their you know with their feet and that sort of stuff. They just really roll the roll the arm over.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, is All right, great question, Jasper. All right, next up is one from Jason, and he says, "Why do some pen holders switch their grip to shake hand when they smash?"
1: Yeah, that is a that is a good point. Um, and like
0: th- some really good players, uh, Marlin apparently used to do that occasionally.
1: yeah, so just I think it might just be the angle of the racket, um, yeah, with the pinhole when when that ball's up higher because the the racket's facing a little bit more towards the roof, um, yeah, whereas with the shake hand, the 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 um the grip allows you to just come down on that ball um, a bit easier. so I think that's that's one thing. Um, and the other thing is they they sometimes even um, change. The um, the side of the racket that they're using, so they 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 won't use the forehand side of the rubber. They'll use the backhand side, which might be a little bit um, easier for them to smack smash with as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, and I I find that a little bit strange because I think if you're playing penhold all the time, you know they're practicing six hours a day with penhold. You'd think that would just be easier. I yeah, I think so. But. Mm. And even the switching of the rubber, it's like you practice so often and if you think it's good enough for the rest of the game, surely it's good enough for the smashing. And it and just that
1: change might
0: put you off a little bit. I, I don't really understand it myself.
1: Yeah, especially when you're in that much ascendancy in the rally, right?
0: Mm. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah, but obviously pretty um, high-caliber players doing it, so... Um, Who's to question them?
1: <laughs> yeah, in, Yeah. exactly.
0: Yes. Oh, well, um, here is a – oh, yeah, well, thanks for that question, Jason. And, yeah, I think it's interesting. Next up is one from Phil. Um, he said, thanks for the question you answered previously. Um, he says, what do you say when you buy a new rubber and put it on the existing bat? Is that right? Yeah, so, so- do you put it on top of the rubber that you have or what do you have to do?
1: Yeah, so, Phil, it's really important that you take the first rubber off. Um, so you're not allowed to, have, like, stack your rubber on top of another rubber. Um, that's, that, yeah, that's illegal. So, so there's um, some pretty clear uh, rules around um, the thickness of rubber that you're allowed on your racket. So that means that, yeah, you can't, um, just glue the, the new rubber on top of the old rubber um, and play. You have to take that other one off. And sometimes that can be a little bit tricky. Um, some, yeah, some, especially with those
0: um, pre-made bats, as they call them, the ones that come with them stuck on. They've got some really solid glue sometime on there that can be really hard to get off.
1: Yeah, that's right. And so you might need a bit of, uh, you know, something like acetone or something to just soften the, the sponge especially, that um, the sponge and the glue. Um, so that you can get that first um, rubber off but then uh, yeah and then then you're then you're clear to to put the other one on we, we did do a a video a very very long time ago on yes changing changing rubber so uh, we might put a link up to that
0: and that's another reason why you should use that table tennis
1: glue when you do stick it
0: on because then you'll be able to take it off much easier
1: when you want to change
0: your rubber, rubber.
1: yeah that's right so some uh, some people ask us about, you know, can we just use any glue? Um, um, Elmore's glue? Is it Elmore's? I can't, yeah, some, some, some sort of brand name. Um, but, yeah, even though some of those other things are water-based glues, um, I just wouldn't use them because um, it's just much easier with a table tennis glue to take the rubber off again when you when you want to. Um, and also, um, you're not sure about what that glue or what the effect of that glue is going to be on the sponge, and, and how hard it makes the, the sponge as well. So um, yeah, just better off to use table tennis glues in uh, in all situations.
0: Yeah, yeah, good question, Phil. And it, it is a bit daunting the first time you you know buy an expensive rubber, and you you've got to cut it, and you've got to glue it, and you don't want to mess it up. Um, so yeah, it's not easy the first time, but you do get used to it the more you do it and it sort of becomes second nature. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that question, Phil. And um, lastly in the questions is one from Paul. who says, first off, happy belated birthday and anniversary to Jeff. He would say, he says he'd like to
1: know how we met Alloys. Oh, well, I might have hand this one over to you because I've, no, I've got, my memory is really bad, but I reckon it was about not, <laughs> 1989? 80, yeah, around yeah the- you're not great with dates. <laughs> no. <laughs> um,
0: but you, we did meet in nineteen eighty-nine. So I came down for the National Juniors, and I think Alois, you were coaching one of the Victorian teams, and I was playing for the ACT. Because you, you you're much older than me, aren't you? I'm
1: <laughs> I'm just a, barely a year or few months older i think that's right
0: one well, or I'm... 10 years older um ten years older that's <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah in 1989 i came down for the the national junior championships and i think that's the first time we actually met
1: yeah yeah i, I, and I still remember um see i do have a good memory <laughs> yes but um yeah jeff played for the act team and i was coaching the victorian junior team that played against jeff's team and Thought, oh, gee, this this guy is, is pretty good, um, and but then, but like I think, I mean, he was pretty good. He wasn't great. I think all the Victorians might have beaten you that day, did they? Or yeah, yeah, okay, good. Um, <laughs> I think so. But um, but then, I wasn't there for the individual events. I, um, yeah, I, I I think I went off and had a tournament. Um, and then I heard that this Jeff Plum guy had won the Australian under-15 championships and, and came runner-up in the under-17. Was under-17 then? Yeah.
0: Yeah, under-17 back then.
1: Um, single championship. So that was that was a real shock. And I'm thinking, who surely not that kid. He <laughs> oh
0: But I, I actually met your mother first because I played for, like, an under-12 or under-14 or something team in Wagga Wagga. There was, like, a tradition... New yeah. South Wales would play against Wagga Wagga. So what was that
1: called? that was called something. It was called.
0: It was. I can't remember either. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But as you mentioned here, um, when did Pinkseals begin? About 2007. Yeah, I think we posted our first video. Oh, excuse me, first video. And we had just a website that was just text-based first, and then we then we found YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and it was all that yeah, and as you mentioned here, I did show you the internet uh, in the 1990s, yeah, when I was at uni. I think it might have been like 1995. Was it? Okay. And I brought you down to where I was studying at university and showed you
1: the internet. Yes. Yeah. I, I, it, it's funny the things that you remember, but that that's a really clear memory of uh, you showed, <laughs> showed me this thing called the internet. Yeah, I that. know
0: It's just so much a part of our life these days, it's just hard to imagine how we coped without it.
1: (laughs) That's right. Uh, And all
0: these kids growing up now have grown up, you know, with the iPhone and with the iPad and just have no idea what it was like. You literally can't go five minutes without interacting with some kind of computer. It's in all the cars. It's in our fridges. It's in your air conditioners. It's just impossible now to go very long without you know, interacting with a computer.
1: And you know what the worst part is? What? That some of those kids don't even know how great Waldner was. <laughs> <laughs> That's the disturbing part. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, uh, boy. Some of them try to tell me that Marlon's Long's the greatest player ever.
0: <laughs> These people just <laughs> do not know what they're talking about. Well, talking about facts.
1: Yes, facts. This time. Yes. For OMG facts. Yeah, is one one of them that Waldner is the greatest player of all times?
0: Let's just keep going through. Maybe it is. Okay. (laughs) All right, first up. SOS does not stand for save our ship or anything at all. It is simply the easiest code to
1: transmit via Morse code. Oh. Beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Is, Is the S the long dashes or the short dashes?
0: I, I really don't know much about Morse code, sorry.
1: We'll, we'll do some <laughs> research. Okay,
0: great. All right, here's one. The world's termites outweigh the world's humans by 10 to 1.
1: Oh, like putting them on the scales. Like if yes, on scale and really? Yep, 10 to 1. Wow. That's... That, that's that, are you sure? Like... What? Yeah, I am totally one hundred percent sure. It's an OMG fact. The, like, there's a lot of people eating a lot of bad food lately. <laughs> I, yeah. You
0: sure? Like, you know? Yeah, well, it's in the it's in the fact. It's in the OMG fact calendar. So, totally. of course, I'm sure. Like, yeah, okay. You okay. can't question it when it's here and it it says the word fact. That that means it's a fact. Okay, fair enough. Do you know, do you know what fact means? <laughs> 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 uh, oh dear! All right. Fifty um, percent of all Americans live within fifty miles of where they grew up.
1: Well, you see, that's that's interesting because I, I always thought that Americans, m- much and and people mm-hmm. from the UK, tend to move away from their hometown to to go to uni, but then do they come back home, today? Is that what happens?
0: Obviously, because the RMG fact says that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but oh, yeah, there is a bit more of a culture there, isn't there, going off to different universities?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, we tend to just go to uni where you live. Um, tend, you know. to. <laughs> tend to? Tend yeah. To you.
0: Moved, yeah, 600 k's away, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you are. So... That is, so 50% live within 50 Ks? Um,
0: 50 miles, yeah.
1: 50 miles, sorry. Yeah, okay. Now I believe
0: it. (laughs) All right, here is an interesting one. Tiger shark embryos fight each other in their mother's womb. The survivor is born. (gasps) Really? Only one born? Yeah, the survivor. Yep. Know, really? They, they fight each other. It's like a fight. The, and only the survivor's born. Man, nature's cruel, isn't it?
1: That is the survival of the fittest. Oh. That's why they're tough. Shark.
0: That is they're why poor. they're tough.
1: And, yeah. and that's tigers are much more like, you know, um, I mean, they're not called the Cat
0: Sharks, are
1: they? <laughs> <laughs> the are and tough and Richmond's going to win this weekend. Okay, Let's, sorry.
0: Uh, Let's go Cats. I, I yeah. think it's the, it's the Cat's turn. You know, it's their destiny. Never Cat's uh, turn. We will see. We will find out in a very short period of time. Saturday yes. night, in fact. Goodbye first, first at, night oh, yeah first grand final uh, first night grand final yep for Australian rules football I think they're a little late onto that one a lot of other sports doing that <laughs> uh, yeah. but it should be good
1: well Al that is a wrap yeah, yeah. and yeah. I've got some for oh, you hang on hang on for oh, you yeah. oh no I haven't <laughs> there you go oh what's going
0: SOS, yeah, that's the Richmond Tigers sending an SOS because they're getting thumped by the cats. (laughs) Go, cat. All right. Thank you, everyone. Make sure you visit pingskills.com,
1: share the podcast with your friends, and, of course, thank you, Alloys. Thank you, Jeff, and thanks, everyone out there for listening, and uh, I hope we have been able to help you with your table tennis, and don't forget to go on to pingskills.com.